The Free for All Roundtable. Round two. And on the line is Pamela Palmiter, lawyer, professor, activist, Brad Bradford, Toronto City Councillor, ran for mayor. Rob Davis, former Toronto City Councillor, ran for mayor, also founder of Rob Davis Associates. Good morning, everybody. And uh, let's listen in to what uh, a portion of what Olivia Chow had to say this morning. It was a, a long conversation. She made her case. She doesn't really have to. The budget passed. But now she's got to make sure it gets sold and stays sold. The final budget, um, it's 80 cents per household on average right. and 80 cents per day. Um, extra. So 80 cents. Right, is but on top of the existing tax yes, bill, yes, which yes, is sizable. Yeah, I, I know, but um, we are, in terms of tax rate, lower than a lot of the municipalities around us. And we have to find a way to deal with that huge budget deficit. Okay, she got her way, and there wasn't that much of a struggle, was there, uh, Brad Bradford? Well, the way this is delivered is it's it's pretty much baked. Uh, this was sort of cooked months ago. You had the performative staff version. Then you had the air quote mayor version on February 1st. And the opportunity to change that uh, is limited. There was a motion to reduce the tax point by a percentage. The mayor and her allies voted that down. But what I would say is, is she really tries to smooth over uh, and suggest that this isn't a big deal. I mean, it is a huge deal. It's a, it's a historic tax increase in the city of Toronto. And when they reference those numbers, and I've heard her call it a cup of coffee a day, all the different ways to sort of spin it, uh, you're looking at 2016 averages and you're looking at a home valuation of about 600 grand. So I haven't seen a lot of homes for 600 grand here in the city of Toronto uh, in quite a long time. And the reality is, you know, you got a double land transfer tax. We're trying to get more people into the housing market. They're whacked with a double land transfer tax, which doesn't exist in any other jurisdiction. You've got waste that is separate from the property tax bill. Right. So it's not an apples to but apples But how do we comparison. pay the bills? I mean... Well, you got isn't the choice. You got to cut something, or you got to bring in more money. She made choices in this budget that are going to be very expensive for Torontonians. Things that she did yesterday that that didn't have to be done right now. And a good example is increasing service levels on the TTC when you don't have ridership uh, to to support it. I mean, that's costing people a hundred million dollars, and there was no fair increase to offset that. So you know, property taxpayer players are are paying the bill on that. And there's a bunch of those types of choices that made this budget more expensive than it had to be. And, you know, I think Torontonians rightfully are going to be upset about that. Okay, and Pamela, I am going to come to you, but I wanted to go with the other guy who ran for mayor and used to be a councillor because you've got some insight into this. She she pulled it off. It may have, it may fly up the nose of a lot of people and, people, and when our final bills come in, a lot of people may say this is nuts, but at the moment, she's kind of on a victory tour. Well, she's the mayor and she has strong mayor powers, and even if she didn't exercise those strong mayor powers, the members of council know that she can and it makes it a lot easier to whip the vote at council but you know you have a lot of drivers uh, sorry you have a lot of listeners who are driving right now right they're driving so I want them all to put their left hand on the wheel and I want them all to raise their right hand if they got a nine and a half percent pay hike this year go ahead I don't see anybody with their hand up. No one's lifting their hand. Nobody's lifting their right hand, and, and I was, yeah. and I was, and I wanted Put it back on the wheel. And I wanted to make sure they had their left hand on the wheel. Look, let's be honest. 
The, the truth of the matter is, mayor after mayor after mayor has come into this studio and told you they're going to only raise taxes at the rate of inflation, and they lied to you. They lied to you. They raised taxes above the rate of inflation every single year over the past four, five, 10, 15 years. John Tory's going to roll you. Oh, I, I, I'll, I'll debate him any day. Okay. Look, the, the facts are the facts. Uh, the CPI has not gone up at the rate that property taxes have gone up. They've gone up well below the rate that property taxes have gone up. And so the question is, where are the savings? Where's the peace dividend from the end of the war on drugs? We've got pot shops opening up all along Queen Street here still, and it was supposed to save us a hell of a lot of money because police weren't going to be burdened with arresting, you know, black kids in, you know, poor neighborhoods uh, over a joint. Uh, and, and the costs have gone up. So all of the talk about investments and looking for savings, all I know is, in my heart of hearts, you don't reduce the cost of living by raising taxes you know, at 9.5% when inflation's 4 or 5. Pamela Palmenter, interesting thing is some of the city councillors were upset with the mayor because they think she gave too much money to police. Other people were protesting outside of City Hall about the lack of social housing and stuff like that. Effectively, they wanted the mayor to spend even more. Yeah, well, I mean, we live in a society that cares very much about people in society and social supports, everything from re-education and house care and housing supports, all of these things. And so that costs money. The money has to come from somewhere. Uh, we don't currently live in a system where the richer pay their fair share. So it means it's hard. But that being said, what is the alternative to just throw people out in the streets to not provide social support? We have to do it. There's no budget she could have done that would have pleased people. Literally, there. everyone is always upset all the time. But I, I, while I don't like her increase to the police budget, I think there's many other alternatives she could have looked at. Um, I do appreciate that she is staying focused on social supports, which, of all places, Toronto really needs. Uh, incidentally, the chief of police is going to be in this studio uh, in just about 10 minutes, as a matter of fact. I got some interesting questions for him, especially based on some behind-the-scenes conversations I had with the mayor on her way out the door. All that's coming up. Brad Bradford, quick question for you. Um, Scott Reed, and I played this clip for the mayor uh, when she was here. Scott Reed, our pun it thinks that she's only going to serve one term so that's why she's administering all this tough medicine and then she'll ride off into the night do you buy that i i'm not so convinced um you know look there's there's a lot of ideologically held views in and around that office i think they are rolling out that agenda i think you saw it play out with the combative relationship with the police on this one uh i you know there's no tax increase that the ndp hasn't been fully throated in their endorsement of and and so we're seeing that at city hall i don't think that's because because she's just trying to, you know, burn it down and ride out. I think this is this is what you get when you get an NDP mayor in there, and and that's how they're governing. Uh, let me start with the lawyer on this one. A lawsuit, a collective action, basically uh, launched or class action against the federal government over the Emergencies Act after a judge had ruled that it was unconstitutional. Pamela Palmenter, this is going to be quite the fight because I do think the government is vulnerable on the financial aspects of this. Well, I, I mean, yes and no. Anyone can file a class action for anything. It first has to go through the hurdle of being certified. So a judge has to see that there's a class of 
people that suffered uh, significant harms that can be monetized and that there was some wrongdoing held. And if so, that I mean, class action certification is not easy. You've got a huge hump to get over. So I'll be looking to see if A, they get it certified and then B, what are the damages of the specific I think is like 12 people or something that are starting this class action. What are their specific damages, which is different than, say, the cost to governments or police forces? Well, if you lose your house because you can't pay your mortgage, that'd be pretty significant damages. Nobody lost their house. I mean, I think the money was frozen for like a week. Exactly. That that we know of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you buy into the idea that these people have been aggrieved? I think they've been aggrieved. Whether they've been aggrieved to the extent that uh, for the amount of money that they're seeking is going to be determined by a judge. But let's think about this. A few hundred people you know, protested or a few thousand people protested uh, on on the steps of Parliament Hill, the place where laws for this country are made, and all 40 million Canadians had their rights rescinded. Like, that's outrageous. We should be at Parliament Hill with pitchforks and, again, with pitchforks and, too cold. and, and torches. Well, the torches will keep us warm, right? But, but the people, Canadians should be outraged that you can't even, you know, I'm, I'm a believer in civil disobedience, actually. And I, and I think whether you're left or right and you want to protest somewhere, as long as nobody's dying and as long as people aren't, aren't suffering real harm, you should have the right to be a bit disruptive, to draw attention to your cause and your, your own government should then not seek to stop you from influencing how they make decisions. And I have to tell you, I don't agree with 80 or 90 percent of what the truckers were protesting, but I believe in their right to protest and I believe in their right to exercise their freedom of, of, uh, of expression. Yeah. Well, Brad Bradford, I, I found them to be a noxious bunch, but I didn't believe in the Emergencies Act. And most people said at the time that the financial aspects of freezing bank accounts was probably going to come back to bite the government in the ass. And apparently it is. Yeah, here it is. Um, you know, I think Pamela's right. It takes a lot. It's a big hurdle to clear to get this thing certified. Uh, the financial bank accounts, the government going into that, that is a big reach. And there were lots of flags about that at the time. Um, but you know what? Um, I, I had major problems with the the takeover of, of public streets and setting up camp there and the amount of disruption. Same thing that we saw on the border. Uh, we can't tolerate that. You have to be able to clear those people out. There's always places for peaceful protest. Uh, but, you know, we see it here in Toronto too, right? Like, and you're seeing it play out it's right, happening now, right now in the Middle East morning. conflict. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, but they're, I, not, inv- they're not invoking the War Measures Act. No, like, no. They're and, not, they're, they're and not taking the away your right and my right because there's a couple of pro-Palestinian protesters. Right, but I gotta drive you, around that yeah, stupid you can't protest. Roll up oh boy, on the you gotta there. drive around. Oh my <laughs> God. Well, hang on a second. You People can't, are dying. Like, there's a war. Like, let's be clear. Sure, there's a war. Sure. So I'm inconvenienced so, for 20 minutes so, and other people get to express their right. Rob, there's a lot of places to do that, and you don't need to roll yeah. up onto the gardener and shut down the But gardener. we're not talking about that. We're talking about well, whether you implement the War Measures Act because we have a traffic jam in Toronto. The, the point I'm making is when you take over streets and your protest is a uh, form of civil di- disobedience, sure, but when you are taking over a street and you are inconveniencing everybody for weeks on end, when you are shutting down a border, that is a step too far. There's other ways to voice and your... They dis- had, and they right. had other means to remove them. And, yes, and they, they didn't did. exercise okay. and they did. right. Not a lot of time on the clock, yep. and Pamela Palminter, I want to take advantage yep. of your uh, background as an activist. The LCBO has backed down on this idea of scanning ID on your way into uh, outlets, and a lot of people think that the outlet 
ballots they chose are very heavily patronized by indigenous people. Do you agree with that? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, oh, yes, I, I know that they do this kind of targeting and uh, marketing and surveillance of indigenous peoples in a wide range of areas. I've heard them do this at drug stores. I've heard them do this at gro certain grocery stores where they think indigenous peoples are going to be um, stealing food. There's a lot of deeply embedded institutional systemic racism that's long been proven in 8,000 reports and inquiries. So I think they need to be careful about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing that and if it's if that in and of itself is not an overreach a form of uh, surveillance that is not required for the objective thank you all good to have you today very lively but i like it that way rob davis uh, brad bradford and pamela palmater catch the round table round one at 7 45 round two at 8 45 weekday mornings on more in the morning news talk 1010 toronto